0: Good morning and welcome, Patriot Radio News Hour. I'm Joe Jake one CEO of the Patriot Trading Group, and it is Tuesday. We're already halfway through uh, the the month of November. Actually, a little over halfway through. It's the 16th. I mean, Thanksgiving just around the corner, and, and then of course uh, Christmas right after that. Uh, don't forget uh, Don't forget your backup turkey. Yeah. That way you can have some good leftovers. I'm joined, like I always am, each and every day, well, just about every day, uh, by partner in crime, the man that runs Colorado, Jason Walker. And, Jason, uh, I know you've already had a, a busy morning, uh, people coming in and picking up uh, all kinds of goodies.
1: That's right. Uh, you know, it seems... Uh... The, the ebb and flow of the gold and silver uh, that we have to, you know, when I, we make appointments. Sometimes it's uh, you get a lot of people all at once, like during one part of the week, and sometimes it's just like with the silver. When we get silver, that just the customers just keep coming in, keep coming, keep coming in. So, so a lot of customers coming in, picking up those rolls of dimes, rolls of quarters, rolls of, uh, of silver eagles that we've been selling.
0: Yeah, silver eagles. I've taken them back off the website uh, once again. They went back to. Not obtainable. Uh, we'll keep you posted. The next time they're available, we'll be buyers and and we'll, we'll put them back up. But but right now, uh, in the in the silver market, uh, dimes, quarters, half dollars, and really even half dollars, getting hard to get. The largest wholesaler in the world put out an all points bulletin. What probably what fifteen or twenty minutes ago, Jason.
1: Eight forty eight at eight forty eight. Yeah,
0: look, looking to buy. <laughs> bags of of silver uh, and, and it's so funny they'd buy 10 bags of dimes, 10 bags of quarter, 10 bags of halves. Yeah, I don't uh, good luck. I don't think they're going to find any. Joe, when some, when some of the biggest
1: when the biggest uh, dealers out there are, can't get what they need to sell to their customers, that shows you how little silver there is at at a fair price.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And that's well, and again, you know, we're sitting here looking at silver today, you know, it's uh $25.10. And, and I'll tell you right now, everybody out there knows that Silver is going to 30, going to 35, going to 40. Uh, probably should be, not probably, it should be there already. We'd have a much better market. Uh, but, you know, J.P. Morgan and the paper pushers, they want to uh, pretend they've got this all under control. Uh, pretty interesting uh, article from Wall Street on Parade today. About J.P. Morgan, one of their compliance lawyers, well, I should say another one now, coming out saying the bank is absolutely uh, committing felonies uh, all over the place. They're, they're, the, the, the felonies they've already been convicted of, uh, Jason, they're, they're, they're not in compliance. Well, you know what? Very much like this. I'll say this. I've been watching uh, dope sick it's, it's about the OxyCotton, um, I guess, scandal, if you will, with Purdue Pharma, and, and how OxyCotton uh, got labeled as a non addictive uh, opioid, which was ridiculous to begin with. And, and, and you just witness uh, our government agencies like the FDA, uh, like the SEC, and all the rest of them. Uh, they, they just take the word of these companies, Jason. They're, there's very little uh, where they actually go in and say, "Hey, are you actually doing what you're supposed to be doing?" Uh, they just will say, "Oh, well, we we said we were, so it's okay. You don't need to look."
1: It's so easy to commit felonies when you can shift all of the responsibility to a company and not a person making decisions. You know, isn't it nice? You know, it, it, it's a J.P. Morgan Chase Bank. That's their felonies. Not the guy that actually made the decisions to do the things, right, Joe?
0: Right, right. Yeah, it's <laughs> not Jamie Diamond or or any of the other executives. And of course, you know somebody, some higher up, said, "Hey, go ahead and lie to them. Just tell them that we're doing it, but we're actually not going to do it." And you know that starts at the top. You know, and and I worked for a couple of larger corporations you know, that had uh, employees in the thousands. I wouldn't, I don't know about tens of thousands, but thousands of employees. And I've been in the meetings uh, with all the, the C-suite guys, uh, and believe me, nothing happens without those guys giving uh, the, yeah, go ahead and do it approval. And uh, today, uh, J.P. Morgan once again now uh, from one of its own former employees. Matter of fact, she started working at the bank, Jason, in June of 2018.
1: Oh, boy. <laughs> so
0: this is a new one. This is, this is uh, someone who, who's been there uh, s- a- after several of these convictions coming out and saying J.P. Morgan didn't comply with any of them. And when I complained about them not complying, they just fired me.
1: And that's the time frame when all a lot of CEOs were leaving these companies and these banks, Joe. A lot of CEOs were fleeing from 18 to 19, right before coronavirus just happened to show up. <laughs> she said that the
0: bank had no requirements for its compliance group to review invoices for red flags, high-risk indicators, abnormalities, or corrupt payments. He said that J.P. Morgan keeps inaccurate books and records. Uh, I mean, it's just amazing. And I'll just tell everybody, be careful with how much money you keep in the bank. You know, I I know the FDIC says, hey, you're insured for up to Uh, $250,000. And again, that sounds great. Matter of fact, it would be great if banks had, you know... Five or ten billion dollars worth of insured deposits—that'd be fine. But when they've got a couple of trillion and the FDIC's only got forty billion, yeah, that dog don't hunt. Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be back after the break. Eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. Patriot Radio News Hour. And uh, I'm reading from Wall Street on Parade. Uh, the Martins—they uh, just do a, a great. Job of uh, bringing, in, and they specialize uh, in, on the banking stuff. So this is this is where they uh, this is where they like to be. Uh, they they do a lot of Freedom of Information Act requests. Uh, a lot of them uh, get denied, like especially uh, when they're making the request from the central bank. Hey, you don't need that. We don't want to tell you. Right, uh, because they want to hide what's happening, and and today it's a slow day today. Listen, we had Walmart great earnings from Walmart, uh, saying that inflation is alive and well, and don't worry, everyone's everyone's paying, so don't worry about that. Uh, we had retail sales out uh, as expected, up one point seven percent in higher prices. Uh, the main culprit. We don't have a lot of other data out so we're going to focus in on uh, on banks. I I had a a customer in yesterday. And and she was talking to me about well, you know, how much how much should I leave in the bank? You know, we got to have money in the bank. We know that. We got to pay our bills, right? And and you you've you've got to pay the mortgage and the car payments and the insurance and you know the electric bill and all of those things. But it, when it comes to the excess, you know, for, for those of us, and I know for, for a lot of you listening out there, after you do all that stuff, there is no more money, right? You're down to, you know, $100, $500, $1,000, you know, 2500 bucks. Uh, some, some are, hey, I'm down to 500 until I get paid, you know, or something in between. But for those that have more, You know, the the old rule of thumb was, okay, well, I'd keep uh, enough that the FDIC says I'm covered. Now, during the financial crisis, uh, another way of trying to pretend that they actually are policing the banks and we have nothing to worry about, which everybody out there, If You don't think we have anything to worry about. I want you to ask yourself the following question. Why the hell are interest rates at zero when inflation is? We're talking about breaking records all the way going back 30 and 40 and 50 years. Why is it that they're still creating money out of thin air to buy $100 billion worth of debt? Why does their balance sheet have $9 trillion on it? Why do we have a national debt? We don't even know what the real national debt number is right now. Uh, if I was to guess, I, I, I bet you we're right around $29 trillion in, in, in on our way to thirty. I know this. Uh, whenever they pass the debt ceiling deal, uh, sometime either late December, early January, we're going to have a national debt of $30 trillion. So you tell me if you need to worry. J.P. Morgan has been convicted of five felonies, but they've also, uh, let's be honest, they've just simply paid fines on dozens more, right? And and said, ah, don't worry, it's fine. And, of course, we know uh, that when the last financial crisis hit, it wasn't fine, was it? And... The FDIC and the Federal Reserve, they actually raised the insured amount. Isn't that kind of odd? Well, wait a minute. Uh, The whole banking industry, let's say, truthfully, the whole banking system collapsed. They had debts that they could not pay. Simply enough, they had more people taking money out than taking money in. And, of course, all the debts that were on their books, right, were way overvalued. And if you valued them at what they could actually sell them for, right, to raise money, the banks would be busted. And I only bring that up because right now we're in an era, because of inflation, where you got really high valuations. Really high and and jason and i are telling you hey listen eventually the rates are going to go up and it isn't going to take very much uh to have the thing come crashing down this is you know what i asked you earlier well why, if you don't need to have anything to worry about why are rates at zero the answer is simple because the fed knows now we start raising rates the economy hits the brakes all of a sudden, all of these valuations fall again. Right, Jason? We've got a housing and financial crisis all over again.
1: That's right, Joe. I mean, it would be interesting if one of these big banks uh, maybe tries to break off from the system and then try, and try to set their own rates, Joe, at one point, because uh, it's insane, you know, what what's happening. And, you know, if you rose rates and you would just say, uh, I don't know, Wells Fargo, you'd say, you know what, we're going to break away from the system. And they start raising rates, which means they hey, if you put something in your savings account, we'll give you a little bit, but you're going to have a little higher uh, rate when you go get a mortgage. Uh, but see, like the system is so frozen and it's so complete, it's so you know, if you're not a part of the cartel, you don't exist anymore, Joe. So it's it's uh, you're in a catch twenty-two. We've said it many times. There's really nowhere to go. If they raise rates, uh, complete catastrophe. So my feeling is, Joe, you got catastrophe first. And then you raise the rates to, to, to try to uh, quasi-fix it afterwards.
0: Yeah, and so when we're talking about, well, how much should you have in there? That's a great question. And, and I and I answer it this way. I, I wouldn't have a lot of extra. Right, You're better off. I mean, uh, if you know, hey, I've got 50, 100, 150, 200,000 sitting in the bank. I really don't use it. I may, you know, two, three years from now, I may buy a new car, or I may, uh, you know, do get an RV or something, but, I, you know, right now, it's just going to sit there. Uh, you're better off doing almost anything with it, really. You know, uh, calling my son up and saying, hey, invest this money for me, get it out of the bank, call us up, uh, get some more gold and silver, uh, because of what they've decided to do with the rules, because... Let me tell you how it really works. J.P. Morgan has almost $2 trillion worth of deposits. The vast, vast majority of those deposits, FDIC insured. The FDIC's got, I don't know, $40 billion. So, how how can the FDIC give you your money if they need two trillion and only got 40 billion see what i'm saying and of course remember they changed the rules no more bailouts because that's what happened the last time the last time uncle sam came to the rescue and outside of lehman brothers Right? they they covered up everybody else and essentially kept all of the large banks in business now of course we lost thousands of banks during that time most of them got gobbled up the FDIC did was closing banks but the banks they were closing were small maybe they had a a billion dollars of deposits yeah, that's okay. We got a billion bucks here. You, you know, everybody's fine. And don't worry. Next week, we're going to have a different sign up with a different name on your bank. Nothing changed other than the name of the bank. And that was true. Right? And usually, it got what the much bigger bank became the owner of the uh, assets that were left. Yep. That's not allowed this time. We're like, nope, you can't do that again. Now we have a thing called bail-in. right? And, of course, that means, hey, we're going to have this plan that we're going to be able to take a major institution and have it unwind its business without causing contagion. And the problem is all of these banks are interwoven. You know, the same debt J.P. Morgan has, Bank of America has, Wells Fargo has, Citigroup, right? They all have the same debts. Now, is it exactly the same? No. Right? Well, they, you know, uh, these guys got uh, these commercial loans in, in Arizona, these residential loans in Arizona, these auto loans in Arizona, and, and every bank's got them, right? And they got them in Colorado and California and New York. They're, they're the same. And so they're so intertwined together, it, it's going to be, uh, I don't next almost next to impossible to do. But here's the problem: they say they can do it, and part of what happens in the bail-in is they're going to go to everybody's account. And for those of you that don't have any money, you're fine, I think. Right? Yeah. you got five hundred and thirty-two dollars. Well, okay. Here yours you still got your access to your $532. It's those that have a lot more money. Well, first of all, don't ever have more than 250. Because the way the rule is written, anything over the 250, you just lose. So, that that's incredibly dumb to have 250 more than 250,000 in any one bank. And what I mean by that. Listen, all your account you got three four five accounts at jp morgan they add them all up they got you got two three five four accounts at b of a they add them all up so different accounts doesn't qualify so if you got 250,000 let's just say you got 500,000 at jp morgan you better go to a different bank open up an account and put two hundred fifty thousand of J.P. Morgan's money in there. That's the only, you know, that's otherwise they're just going to take that part.
1: Why? Let's talk about the. Why, why would you project. even hold? Why would you even hold five hundred thousand dollars cash in the year twenty twenty one, the worst inflative year ever? <laughs> First of all, don't even hold the cash to begin with. But Joe's right. If you got that much, let's you say you're a guy that I'm waiting for the markets to crash, I'm going to try to buy low. You, yeah, you better, you better uh, separate that out. And, you know, to five hundred thousand, Joe, you better have it in three or four banks, right?
0: Right, yeah, I wouldn't even have it in two. I would definitely have it in more than that. Uh, but let's talk about the insured part, the two hundred and fifty. The banks are going to go in to all of the accounts, and they're going to set a number. I don't know what it is. Let's just, for argument's sake, say fifty thousand dollars. All of you that have more than $50,000, we got a different process for you. We're going to take a look at your banking history. And they're going to realize, well, you know, you've got $200,000 in here. And over the last 5 years, we've noticed that you're you've been adding about 15,000 a year to it. You know, it just keeps growing. So you really don't need access to all your money right now. So tell you what we're going to do. And again, I'm making up 50,000. I don't know where the number will be. We're going to give you access to 50,000 of that 200,000. We're going to do that.
1: Joe in Greece several years ago, it was two hundred and fifty a day is what you had access to.
0: Well, that yeah, uh, right, right, and again, and that'll and and, and and to Jason's point, that doesn't mean you can take that out today. Uh, uh-uh, no, that's not what I'm talking about because Jason's right. You'll be limited to how much money you can actually withdraw and all that stuff. We'll get to that. You know what? I'm glad you brought that up, Jason. We'll talk about that one next. But this is just thousand, ten thousand feet here. They're going to give you, quote-unquote, access to a certain amount. What happens to the rest of the money? We're going to talk about that next. And then we'll talk about what Jason was talking about when we return. My God, be 800-951-0592. Joe Jacob with Jason Walker, Patriot Radio News Hour. Talking about money in the bank today. And... I'm going to tell you right now, what we're talking about today, mark my words, this will be the reason the central bank is going to use to take control. Because when we go to a digital dollar, the average person doesn't need to bank at B of A or J.P. Morgan, Citigroup, Wells Fargo really don't need it, right? In in other words, uh, they're going to be stripped down, probably turned into hedge funds or something like that, and they'll do uh, different things after they've been gutted, and most of the deposit base gutted with them. And I I only bring this up because the Martins are, are exposing that these banks and in this case, we're going to highlight J.P. Morgan. Believe me. If J.P. Morgan's doing it, B.A.'s doing it, Citigroup's doing it, U.S. Bank, they're all doing it. But after the last time, they promised us how they were going to protect us. And you would think the most stringent standards would have to apply to these banks. So strict that banks wouldn't even dare do things that they're doing. Because it really just sets us up uh, for failure, right? So we're talking about what happens if one of them does go under, And I'm going to tell you right now, that's going to happen. Soon. Now, what soon? Before 2030 going to happen that's just now that's my opinion i want that to be clear i don't have inside information
1: you have history though. But this
0: is going to harbor this will harbor this digital currency that's my that's what i think is going to happen and, and so we're talking about the money you have you know in this case we're giving you got two hundred thousand in the bank you've been growing it over years the bank goes under. Here comes uh, the FDIC, and they're get, they're handing out money. I've already told you the FDIC doesn't have any money. Matter of fact, they don't even have money now for the vast majority of the banks that are left. Right, forty billion dollars is nothing now. So they can't just simply do hey, we're just going to put a different name on it, don't worry, everything's going to be fine. right? Government's not allowed to bail them out, so it's a bail-in. I'm making an assumption that the people that don't have a lot of money in the bank, in other words, they're living paycheck to paycheck, will, will be left whole. So the people that have more money than they need, right, you're below the 250, but you've got more money than you need. When the, at, at, Jason's right, at the very early stages, just like we saw in Greece, just like we saw in Cyprus, right, you'll not be allowed to take out more than X amount of dollars. Let's say 200 bucks. I want to say in Greece, for a while there, you only could take out $20. Yeah, yeah
1: it was a per-day thing. I they changed right,
0: it. Right, per day. Right, <clears throat> yep. so the banks, when the trouble starts, they're not going to let you walk into the bank and say, I want all my money. Uh-uh. They're too smart for that. They got rules for that now. Uh Uh, no. How would you like $20 today? I can give you that. Otherwise, it's got to stay. Right? And, you know, you can still do all the online banking stuff, but that's a, you won't be able to physically take your money out. But after that part, they're going to come in, and they're going to sit you down, and they're going to say, okay, well, you know what? With the new Fed Bank, we're going to give you access to $50,000. That's more than what you need. This money that's left, this other 150000 Remember the example, they've got 200000 You still have it. okay? I want to make that clear. But here's how it's going to be. We're going to give you stock in this new bank. Now, for right now, right? you, you, you can't sell that stock. You, you just got to hold it. But don't worry, because right now you, you don't need the money. And, and down the road, right. we'll let you know when and if you can sell that stock to get your money back. That's how it works. That's, what, listen, I, that's not how it works because that's what I said. That's how it works because that's what they put into Dodd-Frank and all these other things to, to come up with the bail-in.
1: So, Joe, uh, you know, one theory I would have with what you're saying here is, uh, you know, they get their digital currency called what's it called, FedCoin, and the IRS has already determined that cryptocurrencies aren't currencies or assets like a stock. So uh, maybe they just push you into FedCoin, you know, and instead of FedCoin all at once. FedCoin is what they put it into. And it's like, well, and FedCoin can't be touched for a while until the until it was fully utilized.
0: And, and that could very well be. Instead of stock, right? We'll give you uh, Fed coin certificates that could be used later. And, and I'm sure there may be a case where maybe you could try to go and and argue. Uh, well, you know what? Hey, um, I, I I don't know the example. The roof blew off my house, and I need thirty thousand dollars to put a new roof on. And maybe you could get an approval for that. I don't know, but that's why I say uh, I wouldn't keep more money in there than I had to. You know, and I'm not saying hey make it to where your paycheck to paycheck, but you know if you got two hundred thousand dollars in there, you're not you, I wouldn't leave that much. Because then you open yourself up to the possibility of not having access to your money. And, of course, when do people make the most money? When the crash happens.
1: Yep.
0: Right? Hey, I want to use that money to buy it. I'm going to buy land, or I'm going to buy this, or I'm going to buy that. Right? You know, and, and then all of a sudden, well, you can't. And, and, it's, and it's just shocking to me because you would think, they're like, okay, we're going to make sure that never happens we're going to watch these banks like hawks. And then we talk about J.P. Morgan. The first felony they got convicted of was in 2014. Then they started to get convicted for felonies from precious metals markets to treasury markets to ripping off country. I'll tell you what they're up to lately. We get back eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two Patriot Radio News Hour, and I want to remind everybody: way before the United States was a country, there was banks. Yep, banking law. I mean, going back to like the fourteen hundreds, when you deposit money into the bank. The bank owns the money. Period. You are now what we would call an unsecured creditor to the bank. In other words, when you put that money in there, you give the bank permission to own the money so they can loan it out to somebody else.
1: Yep, that's right, Joe. And of course. And of course,
0: you used to get paid interest for that. That was the whole key. Hey, we're going to pay you interest because we're going to make, and let's just say it as an example we're going to make 7% by loaning out your money. We'll give you five of it since, you know, technically you don't own it anymore. You know, we're going to pretend you do, but you really don't. And this is why I said, why do you think they have rules in place like this? And, And if you think I'm wrong, Go ask the people of Greece if they own the money.
1: That's right, Joe. Let me add two quick things to to, to everything you've been saying. Uh, and I'll just make up the term myself. I, it, it'll come out in, in small circles like on this show. But uh, that, that term, too big to fail. I think uh, th- there's going to be two things that I think you may have left out. Uh, one, uh, I think there'll be something uh, too small to play. Because when things crash, you better believe Warren Buffett's $149 billion in cash he's sitting on. He's going to be able to use that. But if you if you don't if you're not a big player you're not going to be able to use your cash to, to buy into this thing, and the other thing Joe is and, and, the other thing is is they're going to charge fees to use cash. You know we get charged fees, Joe. They're going to start charging fees to move that cash around, uh, to, to to discourage any money from coming out of the system.
0: Yeah, a couple of things. First of all, Warren Buffett's 149 billion is not in the bank. He ain't that dumb. Right? He's bought in treasuries and other things, and, and the money's not physically in the bank. I mean, he's got to have enough money to pay his payroll and do all that stuff. Same thing like Apple. Apple doesn't keep his money in the bank. I mean, they keep enough for their payroll and things of that nature. But Jason brings up a great point. You know, there's going to be all kinds of things that were, that we don't even know yet that they're going to surprise us with. But let's focus in now. So knowing this, Because these are the bail-in rules. And they promised us they're going to keep track. Now, the first time J.P. Morgan got in trouble, one of their lawyers, Fleischman was her name, came forward and said uh, J.P. Morgan knowingly and willingly put bad loans, home loans, into securitized products that they knew were bad and sold them to their clients anyway. So that, that that was the first one. And she says that they were 100% under pressure from their bosses to do this. Now well, that was the first one. Last week, Another lawyer that worked in compliance, Williams, she comes forward and says that J.P. Morgan has been enga- engaging in fraud for crimes that they've already admitted to doing and promised to stop doing, and they're still doing them. She came to J.P. Morgan in, in 2018. She had had over a dozen years' experience in financial crimes compliance. So she's heavily qualified. She joined J.P. Morgan in June of 2018. She was part of its global anti-corruption compliance group. J.P. Morgan had already paid major fines. They didn't have to admit to a felony on this one. Instead, they just paid fines. They were essentially bribing communist Chinese officials to get kickbacks, right? To get access to uh, Chinese loan markets. According to Williams, when she arrived at J.P. Morgan, she said, serious misconduct by the bank. And when she went to the, her bosses to show them, they fired her. Her allegations have become delight and says that J.P. Morgan, who in 2016 had paid major fines for paying you know, corrupt Chinese officials, According to Williams, she said that the bank was putting on its payroll the children of high Chinese government officials in order to further business interest in China. In exchange for, invi- uh, uh, and they said that J.P. Morgan, which already had been convicted by, the, and again, paid fines by the Justice Department for this exact same thing. Just simply told the Justice Department, oh, we're not doing that. And the Justice Department said, okay, we'll take your word for it. She says that J.P. Morgan has a history of corruption and and similar to the Gambino crime family, Jason, where they (laughs) essentially are just paying people off. And what they have is they have this report. It's called the TP-11. The TP 11 is where JP Morgan makes emergency payments on things like power bills. Now, why would they be behind on power bills? I don't know. But I'll talk about where they were hiding it next. 800 9510592. We're talking about uh, JP Morgan now, another. A lawsuit being filed, this one saying that J.P. Morgan is once again paying off uh, Chinese officials and hiding it. Uh, they use uh, this payment system where they're they're supposed to make emergency, this system is for emergency payments. they got to pay the rent here to keep the lights on, pay this, pay that. Did According to Williams, her department was forced to maintain alt- alternative ledgers of the corrected transactions that did not match the uncorrected transactions that are officially on J.P. Morgan's balance sheet. Right? We know what that is. That's two sets of books. Hey, here's the one we're going to show everybody. It's not right. But then we're going to have the other books, but we're not going to We'll fix it over. Don't you worry, though. And again, I only bring it up because they've already been convicted of five felonies since Jamie Dimon has been there. And it's very simply put, they continue to operate this way, which makes us all vulnerable. That's the problem. Listen, you want to run a crime syndicate? Okay, go ahead. But don't put my... Life's hard work at risk, and they're putting all of our hard work at risk, and this is the problem, and the oversight that we think is there isn't. That's really the big problem. And again, I I, I don't want to compare uh, one to the other, but I've been watching that Dope Sick miniseries and how Purdue Pharma got the FDA to say that OxyContin wasn't, uh, wasn't uh, addictive and didn't have to be labeled like all the other opioids and all this stuff and they just turned in a bunch of fake information no one actually bothered to check the same thing appears to be happening right here Jason uh, with uh, JP Morgan because she's like I got there in 2018 they fired me by at the end of 2019 because I wouldn't go along with what they're doing, and it's now we're just now seeing this come out in the courts because obviously, you know, J.P. Morgan, right, they're going to try to prevent this from seeing the light of day. But if they're doing this, what else are they doing?
1: Right, and that's why right, I brought How
0: can we have any faith, in, and why isn't J.B., uh, Jamie Dimon being held accountable?
1: And that's why I brought up the, all the CEOs and higher-ups that were re- uh, retiring and, and uh, jumping out uh, at the end of 2019 because they have to replace them with somebody. And I think when you replace it with people that ask questions, want to do things uh, ethically, uh, well, they can't have that. They have to have a new uh, a new crop of corruptness to replace the old ones that are leaving. Joe. By the way,
0: you want to know who who else was heavily involved in another felony of theirs? Bernie Madoff, J.P. Morgan absolutely knew. Matter of fact, one of the high ups at J.P. Morgan told English regulators UK regulators that they knew and still didn't tell US regulators uh, this is kind of the thing we're dealing with this is why I say be careful be careful with your money in the bank I'm not telling you what to do or not to do I'm just telling you so you understand hey I know it says FDIC insured it up to 250. 250,000, but really when you read the fine print, that doesn't mean you have access to all of it. Patriot Radio News Hour. I know, tough one.